Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. I am so excited to do this episode. I teased it on Instagram well, sort of. I posted on my Instagram stories a few weeks ago, and I explained something that I've been doing differently with my journaling and asked if it was something you wanted me to do a podcast on. And overwhelmingly, the answer was yes. Yes. Why did I say yes with a T? Just just yes, not yes. Anyway, so I've been journaling for a very long time. And I think it is incredibly powerful and important and a critical part of change. If you haven't listened to the episode that I did with Rachel Luna, definitely do that because she talks about the difference between keeping a diary and writing with intention, writing with intention. It's not just reflecting, oh, woe is me, this sucked yesterday, life is hard, or I'm excited about an upcoming such and such. It's being intentional about your life. One of the primary reasons that I journal is because I recognized before I started journaling that I wasn't very present in the things that I was doing. I was easily distracted and I was going through the motions kind of on autopilot and I was aware in my mentally sober moments, I was aware of the changes that I wanted to create in my life, but then I would go from scenario to scenario, functioning on autopilot, and only afterwards being like, what the heck? Like, I dropped the ball on that, or I screwed that up, or that didn't go how I wanted it to. And journaling has helped me to be more intentional instead of flying by the seat of my pants and just going with whatever my emotions drew me to in a moment, which was often overspending or being snarky or rude or overeating, journaling has helped me be more intentional about the life I want to create. Instead of just waking up every few days, realizing that I wasn't living the life that I wanted. So several years back, I actually created a physical identity journal that is now something we mail out to everybody who's going through the 12 Weeks to Transformation because I wanted to guide people through the process of being intentional. It's not just a blank page where you're supposed to write down your thoughts and feelings. It's really, what does it look like to win today? If I show up as the version of me that I want to be, what would that look like today? How can I make today better than yesterday? Those kinds of things. And, you know, it's funny, somebody messaged me the other day who's in the 12 weeks and they were saying, you know, journaling feels really hard. And I was so glad that she said that because sometimes if something feels hard, we tell ourselves that we must be doing it wrong or not even that we're doing it wrong, that something is wrong or something isn't working. But I just want to remind you that oftentimes something feeling hard is a sign that it is working. 
Because what is happening is that you are using parts of your brain that you haven't used regularly before. And so I told her, she said, sometimes I, I leave it blank because I'm not sure if I'm putting down the right thing and I don't want to do it wrong. And I told her, instead of thinking of journaling as, am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? I want you to think about it as intentionally creating new neural networks. And if you're not a science geek like I am, what I'm referring to is new connections in your brain. When we journal, And we answer questions like, if I showed up as the best version of me today, what would it look like? We're asking our brain to operate differently. Maybe you're like me in that your brain just operates kind of the way you've always done it. When you're stressed out, you eat. And when you're offended, you get snarky. Or when your feelings are hurt, you withdraw. And we have to create new pathways in our brain to support new patterns of behavior. So when journaling feels awkward... And when it feels like, I don't know what to put here, remind yourself that's what it feels like to create new neural networks. It's making it a part of who you are. It's exploring a new way of thinking. Because if we continue to think the way we've always thought, we're going to what? Continue to get what we've always got, right? So the process of identity journaling, which I've I've tweaked recently, and that's what I'm going to share with you here in a minute, but the process of identity journaling is asking your brain to think about things differently. Not today's totally crazy, I don't have time for this, but rather today is a full day. So what can I do to support myself today? Or what would it take for me to go to bed tonight feeling proud given what's going on today? The day that I'm recording this is a particularly crazy day my calendar is absolutely jam-packed and I don't prefer those kinds of days. My preference are days where I have some breathing room, where I can take the time to do a podcast. Today is one of those days where I'm like, I have to record too and I don't know when it's going to get done and it's going to be like evening recording because that's the only flexibility that I have in my day is like after 5.30, 6 o'clock at night. Anyway, when I just go through the motions and I'm not intentional I would probably on a day like today be snippy and short-tempered and overwhelmed and anxious because there's too much stuff and not enough time. But creating new neural networks is what happens when I sit down with my journal on a morning like this morning and say, I don't have to rush. Yes, there are a lot of things to do and the best way to go through today is giving my full energy and my emotion to the thing I'm doing now instead of giving half of my energy to the thing I'm doing now and half of my energy to the 66 things that I need to do later, right? That is how I create new neural networks when I say, I'm so grateful that today I'm going through with patience and today I'm keeping an easygoing attitude and a light heart because it's really not that serious and it's not a big deal to have a lot of things that need to be done and it's a sign that my life is very full and that business is good and there's a lot going on and I'm grateful for that. And today is an opportunity for me to practice being patient and loving with everybody that I encounter even when my past pattern is to be short-tempered or dismissive on a day like today. I'm creating new networks in my brain and that's what we need to do. It's not about did I journal right? Am I using my journal right? Is this what I was supposed to put here? What's the best time to journal? Think about it instead as creating new 
patterns of thinking, new neural networks, new channels in your brain, making it part of who you are by first planting that seed in your mind of this new pattern, of this new way of being that you want to practice today. It is hardwiring your brain differently because your brain is currently hardwired for all the patterns and all of the the habits that you want to change. So we're on the same page that I've been journaling for a long time and I have this identity journal that I've created that I send out to everybody in the 12 Weeks to Transformation. Well, I've been making changes to it and I always do it first for myself before I go and make changes to the print version that that we mail out to people. And I've been adding the element of manifestation. I've been adding the element of manifestation. And one could argue that the identity journal as it is, is a type of manifestation journal, but I've taken it to the next level and I've been a lot more deliberate and specific and intentional with the changes. And there's a couple overarching reasons that I've made this change. Number one, A lot of people are lacking enthusiasm when they journal. And I really believe that when we lack enthusiasm, we struggle with consistency. So you can go through the motions. You could sit with the identity journal or a blank journal or just your own thoughts and be like, all right, here are the improvements I can make today. And you're not enthusiastic and maybe you're even kind of resentful or down or negative or everything opposite of enthusiastic. So I wanted to make sure that these changes help people to generate enthusiasm because I know that enthusiasm is superpower and I know that if you make it fun, it's more likely to last. And when we are enthusiastic, we are willing to do more and to try harder than when we aren't. So that's reason number one for the changes. I felt like this enthusiasm piece was missing and I know that it's critical. The second reason is that I believe that to get what we want, we have to be more connected to what it is that we want. And so many people are more connected to what they don't want than to what they do want. So I wanted to help people make more of a mental and an emotional connection to the things that they want. Enthusiasm has been lacking in a lot of people's journaling belief is lacking, even if you don't journal. One of the primary reasons that people struggle is because they lack belief. And then lastly, they lack expectation. They might want change really badly, but they don't expect that it will happen, that it is happening now. And when I think of manifestation, I think of expectation, If you don't expect that it will happen, that it is happening, then manifestation is off the table. And let's talk about this word of manifestation because something interesting happened. Um, Hold on, I got to adjust my mic here. It's slipping off my head. All right. When I posted that Instagram story, if you're not following me on Instagram, that's where I show up daily. I try to get on video on there every single day at Elizabeth Benton. I posted, you know, I've been doing this manifestation journal. Do you want me to talk about it? on the podcast and somebody said, I hate that word manifestation because it basically implies that you're pulling something out of thin air. And I don't dispute that that's what she thinks manifestation is, but it's not what I think manifestation is. And at the end of the day, we all decide what things mean to us. To me, to manifest something is to 
bring it into reality. That doesn't mean we like pull a rabbit out of a hat or we wave a magic wand or like something divine happens to us. It means that we bring about something that we want. And if you don't expect that it will happen, then manifestation is off the table. The precursor to manifestation is expectation. And I found that for a couple of areas in my own life, and I was seeing this with so many of my clients, that I wanted this thing, but instead of coming from a place of expectation, I was coming from a place of worry. What if I can't do it? What if it doesn't happen? There was no expectation. There was doubt. So I started asking myself, what can I do to help me expect that this is happening, that I can do this, that this is in the cards for me? And it started just as that question. For areas of my life where, where I have doubt, let's use writing my next book as an example. There is a lot of doubt. Writing my first book was hard as heck, and I almost quit several times. I think it's some sort of miracle that Chasing Cupcakes is out there in the world because there were so many times that I was like, I can't do it. I can't focus. Now is not the time. This is too big of a project. I feel disorganized. I don't understand the flow. I don't know what direction to take it in, yada, yada, yada. It's not good enough. And I've had a lot of those same thoughts. In fact, I think it's almost worse with the second book because now I remember how hard the first book was, you know? So I started asking myself, what needs to change so that instead of being worried or feeling overwhelmed about this process of writing the book, what needs to change so that I expect that I will do it, that I will do it in this time frame, and that it will be amazing? What would make that expectation easier? And, and it started out with small things, like if I had a real clear sense of the purpose of the book. Okay, so let me come up with 10 bad ideas you know, it's part of the process. Manifestation is not, I'm going to think so many times about writing a book that I'm going to wake up one morning and the book will have written itself. No way. At the end of the day, I have to be in action and I have to put in the effort. So if you think you're going to like manifest a relationship, you can't sit in your house and all of a sudden, before you know it, you open your eyes and your new husband is sitting next to you. That's not how it works. So if that's your sense of manifestation, then I think that's more of a, an initial thought that hasn't been explored. Because if I want to manifest a certain level of wealth, there's no I dream of genie moment. I have to take the steps and say yes to the opportunities and see them through to completion, when somebody says it sounds like something miraculous, then I just suggest that maybe they haven't explored what it really takes to create change. So to get back to expectation, I look at where I have doubt or where I have worry. And then the example that we're working through is writing my second book. How can I feel like this is more likely? What would it take for this to be easy? And I explore that in my journal. And that's what I want you to think about too. I want you to evaluate an area where you desire change 
but you also have maybe a lack of expectation or a doubt in yourself or, or just lacking strong belief. And manifestation can begin with, what would it take for me to really expect this? What would have to change for me to have a high degree of confidence? What would that look like if I expected that it was in progress, that I believed I was capable of this. That is part of manifestation process. You cannot manifest something without expectation. And for so many people, the enthusiasm is lacking, the belief is lacking, the expectation is lacking. I use this process of journaling to build expectation. Why am I excited about this? What's in it for me? If we go through life with the change we want to make feeling like a burden, we are dramatically more likely to sit on the sidelines and not do what it takes. If we feel like it's a gift, it's an opportunity, and we can't wait to get there, and we know we're on our way, and we're focused on what we can do to make it happen today, then success is almost guaranteed. If you don't believe that it's going to happen, it's not going to happen because you won't show up to do what it takes. So the process of this manifestation journaling is to build belief, to build enthusiasm, to build expectation. If you, it's, think about cleaning your house. If you don't think anybody's coming over, then you don't feel a drive to get up and get things picked up. But if you know that guests are going to be there in 30 minutes, you've got a new fire under you. It's a certainty. It's a knowing. You needed that confirmation. And when it comes to our own goals, that confirmation doesn't come because we get a text message saying, I'm going to be there in 30 minutes. The confirmation comes from you. The expectation comes from you. So what is the process by which we create that? I think in large part, it comes from this journaling process, from this journaling process. We have to bring it into our minds so that we can be more focused on aligning our actions with what we want. And one of the other things that happens through this process of manifestation journaling, and I'm going to be giving you guys some journaling prompts to get started in a few minutes. Heck, I already have given you a few if you've been listening to the questions that I've been asking. But one of the cool things that it does is it begins to create dissonance with the choices that are not aligned with the thing that you want. If you begin to build expectation that you are healthy, that you create great, that you take great care of yourself, that you make one good choice after another good choice and you're always coming back to what is your next choice and that this change is happening for you and you know what that change looks like and you are excited about seeing that come into reality, then all of a sudden there is an increasing amount of dissonance when you lay on the couch and skip your workout, right? If you get crystal clear on your financial goals and you bring your attention through journaling every day to what life is going to be like when you have achieved them and you can see it and you walk yourself through it in vivid detail, now there is more cognitive dissonance when you blow your budget on the new outfit. Journaling is not only going to build that belief and that expectation when you do it right, but it's also going to help create that cognitive dissonance when you are showing up as something other than that. 
as opposed to what happens when you don't have that clarity and that confidence and that expectation, which is it just feels like status quo. And only in hindsight, do you beat yourself up for it? So many people say, it's like in the moment, I'm not even present, but then afterwards is the time that I think about it. How can I be more likely to think about my choices and make good choices in the moment instead of always just Monday morning quarterbacking my life? And this is one of those practices. This is one of those practices. For so long, I was more connected to the things that I didn't want than to the things I did want. And then I wondered why my life didn't change. I was giving way more energy to my job is so stressful, I can't stand it, and I hate my body, and I'm such an emotional eater. And I wondered why if I was so unhappy, I didn't change. Have you ever felt like that? Like there are these things that I hate that drive me crazy, that cause me so much stress, but why do I keep choosing them? Because you've got more of your mental and emotional energy, more of your cognitive capacity going to the problem than to the solution. So you know that you're unhappy with those things, but you have no cognitive or emotional attachment to the solution, right? When we engage in journaling, especially journaling with an element of manifestation, bringing about what it is that you want, calling into your life who and how you want to be, then there's just not that that sense that you're not present, that you're not paying attention because you're building that muscle of desire. You are imprinting in your mind what you want when for so long we've been imprinting in our minds what it is that we don't want. So here are some questions that you can use with a blank piece of paper or a journal or a Word document on your phone. It doesn't matter where you do it. You don't need to have some fancy fancy journal. First, you got to get clear on what is it that I desire. A lot of folks are going to say that they feel stuck with the idea of manifestation journaling because it's like, well, I don't really know what I want. That's why we begin. That is not a barrier to beginning. That is why we begin, all right? And I want to really make that clear. Too many people will say, I can't do this because I don't know what I really want. That is why you do this. It is not a barrier to doing it. What is it that I really desire? I don't know. That's not where you stop. That's not where you start, well, what would I like to be different with my finances? What would I like to be different with my personal choices and my personal habits, right? Like one thing for me, I want to be someone who flosses my teeth three times a day. And I'll be honest, right now, I pretty consistently do it once a day, but I want that to be automatic, okay? So it can be something super, super small. What is it that you desire for your career, for your finances, for your relationship, for your physical fitness, for your personal choices, for your relationships outside of romantic relationships, for your family, for what your closet looks like, for what your home looks like? It doesn't matter. Go anywhere. Start anywhere. What do you want for your social life? And then I find it always helpful to ask an expanding question. Because sometimes we stop too soon. So we have to ask, what else? What more? Give me three more things. I do this to Chris all the time. He'll say something and I'll say, oh, what else is there? 
What have you not thought of? Give me three more ideas. Give me three more thoughts. Give me one more thought, but start to prompt yourself with expanding questions. What more would I want if everything is possible? Then I like to ask, because sometimes I feel overwhelmed with those things, or I feel like I don't know where to start with them, which can sometimes be overwhelming too. Well, what would a first step be? Or you could ask, how can I make this easy? Another expanding question is, why do I want this? Why does it matter? What would be different if I had this? Right? We're just taking it a little bit deeper. So what is it that I really desire? And if you feel like that's big and broad and overwhelming, then break it down. What is it that I really desire for my marriage? What is it that I really desire for my relationship with my children? What is it that I really desire for my social life? What is it that I really desire for my physical body? What is it that I really desire for my personal habits? What is it that I really desire for my career? What else? What more would I want if everything is possible? I really love the question, what is my ideal life? What does my ideal life look like? And I'll tell you, when I first answered that question for myself, I was like, I mean, living on a beach in Tahiti with no responsibility and unlimited finances. And, I, and that's, that's where I think a lot of people take it. But I always come back to in a, in a life that is, I don't even want to use the word realistic, but I will tell you for myself, I have the expectation that I will be working for, say, another 20 years, right? Now, I want to reduce the number of hours that I'm working and I want to make more. So I'm thinking about my ideal life in those terms. But if you really have the expectation that it is in the cards for you to be living on a beach in Tahiti in the next few years, then definitely go in that direction. But that always helps me get grounded. So then I ask myself, what's an ideal day in my life? If I, knowing that I have the expectation that I will still be working for the next 20 years, so we're not talking about the times on vacation, but within that framework that I will be working, what is my ideal day? And I first did this exercise a few years ago with one of my business coaches because he wanted to help me figure out what needs to change in my work structure so that I can have the kind of life that I want. Because at that point, I was working you know, 16 hours a day, seven days a week. And it was little things like I wanted to wake up without an alarm and I wanted to have a large gym on my property and I wanted to start my day quietly with journaling and meditation and prayer before walking down to the gym and getting in a workout. And I mean, this was years ago, so not only was I not pregnant, but we hadn't really talked about kids very specifically at that point. Um, but I said, in, in my ideal life, the kids wake up and they come down to the gym with my husband and we all kind of like are, are in the gym together while mom and dad work out and the kids are all around. And then we walk back up to the house and we have breakfast and we enjoy breakfast as a family. And I think actually in this specific, in this specific exercise that I did, I wanted to have somebody who weekdays would come in and cook so that we didn't have to do that. I mean, we're not there yet, but I know that that's within the realm of possibility and that I am capable of creating that as a reality in my life. And then that I spend three hours doing work, two hours is writing and one hour is 
administration and recording and things like that while the kids are with my husband and that we have friends over in the evening and that's a normal thing for us even during the week. So there was a lot of thought into like um, personal life and social life and all of those kinds of things. And then I imagine lunch with the kids and all of this great detail that I went into. And guys, we can't make big change in our life if we don't have specificity. So what is that ideal day? If I ask you and you're like, well, I'm not really sure, you haven't given it enough thought. If somebody asks me, I can start on it right away. I know what my ideal master bedroom looks like. I I can see it. Not because I just snapped my fingers and it was there, because I created that specificity. Right? I know exactly what my master bedroom looks like. I know what I'm wearing when I wake up. All of those things are crystal clear to me and they need to be crystal clear to you. So then when I pick up my journal in the morning and I'm writing out my manifesting thoughts, sometimes they're very broad, like that general life and, and the kids and the, and the gym and the three-hour workday. And sometimes they're very, very, very specific, like I'm holding the manuscript to my next book. And this is what excites me about it. And this is how I feel. Part of manifestation journaling are those questions that we just went through because you need that clarity in order to start. But then once you have that clarity, you spend time being grateful that it is in process and asking yourself, if you were that version of you, how would you need to show up today? So for me, if I was the version of me that has six kids and only works three hours a day and looks the way that I see myself looking in my manifestation and has the master bedroom that isn't even built yet, how do I need to show up today? And part of it is about making sure that I'm really intentionally connecting with Chris every single day, even on a day like today that's a little bit crazy because Part of my vision is the, is the incredible, strong, fun, playful relationship that he and I have. The other part of it is, business-wise, I have to continue delegating to my team. Because if I don't do that, then I can't get to the point where I'm working three hours a, we- a day during the week, right? I have to resist distractions. There's a lot that has to change between now and that vision. So I have to be disciplined in my focus. I've got to take impeccable care of my body. I've got to be a great steward of my finances. So then once I'm thinking about that, I'm like, all right, how can I do those things today? What does it look like to do those things today? I know that I've got a call with my accountant that I need to set up. There's always action steps that we can take. I can avoid sugar today. I can drink plenty of water today. I can make sure that I work out today. But it all begins with that specificity. If everything is possible, what do I want my life to look like? What do I want my job to look like? What do I want my home and my relationship to look like? And then if you struggle with expectation and belief, then that's your next step. What would it take for me to expect that this is there for me? What would I need to have in place? Who would I need to be? How would I need to be to feel like I expect those things, right? And then I always include 
the excitement piece of it because I believe that enthusiasm is a superpower. And if you have ever lost weight successfully for a wedding or a vacation or saved money for a trip, the reason you were able to do that is because you were excited and you were enthusiastic about something. And we have to be intentional about including that in our goals right now. So I'll ask myself, what am I most excited about in that future life? Like what excites me when I think about waking up without an alarm clock? What excites me thinking about having a gym on my property? What excites me about having somebody to cook for us during the week? What excites me about having a network of friends where we regularly have people here in the middle of the week and heck in the middle of the day and using our gym? What excites me about that? What excites me about the way that I physically feel and look when I am the best version of me. And then I go back to, okay, what can I do about that today? Because if you are not enthusiastic about your goals, then you're just not going to stick with them because you're going to get enthusiastic about bagel sandwiches, right? Or you're going to get excited and enthusiastic about new shoes. We bring expectation into it, gratitude into it, excitement into it, belief into it. And if you're not sure how to do that, then you ask yourself the simple question. How can I demonstrate gratitude for the life that I am creating? What would that look like today? How can I demonstrate gratitude for what it is that I'm bringing into my world? How can I show up and act today like I expect this to be my life? What does that look like? And somebody messaged me and said, is this kind of like a vision board And it kind of is, but I want to point out a few very important differences. If you've ever made a vision board, you know that you make it once, you put it up, and it's kind of one and done. It's not active. And what happens for a lot of people is that they make the vision board, and then it's gone and done, and they're over it. They've moved on to the next thing. And while it was really fresh and exciting for a couple of weeks, then it kind of loses its luster. The reason that the manifestation journaling is so important is because, A, We can change and evolve the vision in any moment, in every moment. B, we're actively engaging with it every single day. We're not just looking at it and then it becomes part of the landscape and we hardly even notice it anymore. We are actively engaging and participating in what it is that we want every single day. It's not fixed. Now, both the journaling and the vision board could fail to translate into action, but that's why we get very clear in ending every single journaling session with what will I do to bring about these changes or this new growth or this new reality today? How can I show up today as the best version of me? If I already was living that life, what would be different about my day? Or if I was that version of me, what would I do and not do today? And that is always what we want to come back to. Make it fun and it will last. The starting point for everybody on this is what is it that you want? What do you want to be different? How can you get excited about it? What is it that you can do to affect change or to bring it about today? How can you remind yourself of this more regularly? Maybe you record yourself a voice note that you listen to before you get out of the car at the end of the day at work. Maybe you leave yourself notes around your house or in your phone or reminders in your calendar that help you get excited about it. Maybe it's a picture with a caption I am excited that I am becoming the kind of person who has XYZ or the kind of person who behaves in this way. 
But what we need to really affect change in our lives is clarity and specificity. We've got to know what it is that we want and we've got to be so, so specific. I know what my hair looks like in my ideal day vision. I know what my master bedroom sheets look like. We need clarity and specificity. We need expectation. We need expectation and we need enthusiasm. So when you look at that, which ones do you need to work on? Do you need to work on the clarity and specificity? Because like you kind of know you want to improve your health, but you don't really know exactly what it is that you want. Do you need to work on expectation? Knowing with certainty that this is happening for you and that you are engaged in its creation every day? Or do you need work on enthusiasm? Because you've been kind of Eeyore about your goals lately. Thanks for noticing me. Maybe you need to work on all three. And if that's the case, what can you do about it today? I'm excited to hear what you do with this idea of manifestation journaling. And we're going to be putting something together to help you with this here in the next few months. So definitely stay tuned for that. But I'm telling you right now, this can be a game changer for your goals, for your relationships, for your finances, for your habits. But you have to put it into action. You have to not just hear this, but you have to start this. And you have to engage with this daily. Make it a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.